And we're on. Hold it down, H-Town. Hold it down, H-Town. Yep. I got, thank you, Art Acuna, for my Oilers shirt. This was a 2017 model. Oh, by the way, Cindy texted and she loves her uh, Dan Pastorini shirt. Just another Super little- Bowl inspired that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it Well, it inspired me to give one away, but you know, it made me think that that's a creative way to see things in the world that you want to see is if you just make them and give them away. <laughs> it is, but you have to be willing to pay the money to make them and then just give them. Well, yeah, I don't have the great business model for t-shirt business because I so far have, for the most part, just either give it away. made them and given them away or made them and charged people what it cost me to make them, but I really haven't made any money. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So today, um, what do you want to talk about? Well, we... We have a few things on the docket, but I was letting you sort of organize on that fancy rocket book that you're writing on right now. Yeah, I got a rocket book. It's pretty cool as a, it was a thank you gift. But um, okay, the idea that is kind of swirling around in my mind right now, because it's been um, a reoccurring thing this week okay. is talking and working with people who are resistant to change. Oh, trying to change people's minds. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's pretty hard, yeah. It's uh, really hard. It's whether you're teaching kids or talking politics or teaching teachers or yeah. what else? What other forms of mind changing are you trying to get into? Well, that's on my end, but on your end, I'm sure for you, it's making agreements on creative direction on a scene or like for a script or a- It's at all levels. I mean, when you go to, with a, for as a movie idea, a lot of times the person who's making a movie already has some big picture idea in mind that they want to attack, you know, or, or some impress upon people. Maybe it's a question, not even an answer. Hopefully it's a question, not an answer. I usually like those movies better, but- when you start to create the movie, whether it's the script and pre-production or the way that you're going to shoot it when you're during production or the way it's going to be acted or the way it's going to be edited and post, it's like, yeah, you got all kinds of minds at work on a movie. And, and yeah, there's some, there's got to be some way to collaborate. We've talked about this before. Yeah. So I wanted to get your uh, ideas on what do you do whenever you're working with somebody who shows signs like maybe they're not even outwardly resistant but you can tell and this has been my experience um recently is i can tell when i'm talking with people that they're just nodding their head and saying yeah while i'm looking at them but then as soon as they walk away or turn off the computer they're going to go back to doing things and thinking about it the same exact way that they always have well first of all what so in, in this question, in this scenario, and just so it's relevant to the people who are listening to it, is it your job to be the leader to change their mind? Is that, is that, is that, and I think the answer is yes, but is, is that your job? Sometimes. Sometimes it is. Okay. Sometimes it's really explicit. Like I know maybe I'm given a, um, a day where I'm supposed to work with a group of teachers and I'm supposed to help them think about how to change the way that they're doing something in the classroom. Yeah. Right. So that's like really explicit. And I've been given the charge from probably their district leader to say they need this help go in and give them this support. Right. And then there's other times and the ones that get me are more informal. So like we've been having 
conversations about um, being intentional about who we choose to partner with. Yeah. That, that has been kind of a yeah. topic. And with all of those conversations, it's like I can tell that that people that I've been working with, they are there and they're present in a general conversation and they say they agree. But then when it comes time to apply like what we've been talking about or enact it, they're not going to do it that way. They're just going to do things the way they've always done it. Right. And that's because what is, you know, they always talk about it, you know, people choose the path of least resistance usually, right? If Unless they're being super mindful and trying to change themselves, they're probably going to go ahead and take the path of least resistance. Okay. So that's a good point. So why do people do that? Because it's easier. Yeah. Life's it's, easier it's that easier, way. It's easier. It takes less effort. It's comfortable. You can avoid conflict. You can avoid having to look into your own self and, and say, shit, am I contributing to the, like, am I the cause of it? Like, what is it? Because a lot of times we don't think about how our mindsets affect. We just want to, we want to point to somebody else and say, look at what they did. Well, to be fair, you know, in your case, you, you're in the business of changing education wherever you go. I mean, that's literally what you work that, what the work you do, what that stands for is mm -hmm. changing every education, trying to keep I'm assuming that it means that means changing it to keep up with the times, the people, the mentality, the, um, zeitgeist sort of, you know, so that's a really specific thing from an artistic standpoint. Usually the artist kind of has a lot of preferences about what they can do. Now, you know, we were talking Unless about Unless you get hired on to create a sculpture or like you have to create something for a very specific. Right. So that's, know? so, so let's kind of narrow this in. So in your case, this would be the equivalent of you being commissioned to do a piece for someone else in the, and, and trying to make it in the image that they want, right? Well, I, I am- Because the district am, hired you because they want you to achieve with their teachers what they think needs yeah, to be achieved. Yeah, but I'm thinking of it in two different ways. I'm okay. thinking of it in the specific way that you're talking about. Let's say I get, I'm an artist, I get commissioned to do a, you know, some kind of installation for an upcoming event. I don't know. Right. Okay. So they're going to give me very specific parameters. They're mm -hmm. going to tell me. I need it to be 21 feet yeah, tall. <laughs> and what it's supposed to represent, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. They're going to give you but that. But I'm also that. talking about with the people I collaborate with on a regular basis. Like I hear them, I hear them revert back to comfort zone and, and the the reason why it's on my mind is because I didn't use an opportunity that I had to to make them think about changing that perspective. Like I didn't call them on it in a, in a nice way, but I didn't call them on it in a way that would make them go, shit, I'm just doing what I've always done. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. And and here's the thing. And, and just again, for the listener, like sometimes when we're talking about this stuff, this is part of the problem. I mean, you and I have been talking about this and we're still sitting here trying to understand what the question is. Yeah. So it sounds to me like first thing with any project that has multiple people that it requires collaboration to some degree, um, or perhaps a lot of collaboration, we got to determine who the lead chef is and who the help sous is. chef sous is. chef yeah that's how you say and it. bus boy yeah yeah so <laughs> or girl. 
Um, and I know that's not, you know, a lot of, you see these new age companies that are having success without having any hierarchy. And there's a whole other study to be done there. Um, but I just, it, I think it's really hard and I'm only looking at it be, from a, from the perspective that I know, which is from, uh, being a creator and, and making, making movies mo- mostly from that. Um, and that's hard enough because if you walk into something with a vision that you think is particular, then now how do you get people to buy into that if they want to be a part of it? And in your case, you don't, it's not whether or not you have, they want to be a part of it. That's all of your job. So you're going to show up every day, whether y'all like each other or not, because that's your livelihood. Well, okay. So I think you brought up something where you said there's some organizations that can work without a hierarchy, but I think this is a key here for either of those situations. So either you're commissioned for something very specific or it's just collaborating on an ongoing basis with people, right? What you just said there is there has to be some kind of co- like community agreement that occurs where everybody, and, and it can be as informal as, you know, hey, can we just agree that if we notice something and it's it's sticking with us and it's and like that we're going to be open and honest enough to call each other on it. Yeah. Like somewhere along the way, I would need to establish that with either group I'm working with because they need to know that that's the way I'm going to operate. Like that's the way that I'm going to interact with them. Yeah. Uh, setting up those things at the beginning is huge, I think. But it's also important to set up. I mean, look, even if you technically are commissioned as the leader of some group, that doesn't mean that everybody who works in that group is going to agree with what you say just because you're the leader. You are going to have to sell that at different times and you are going to have to show that you are able to collaborate even if you are the leader. Although it comes down to me a lot of times of really knowing the difference between what things are mechanically sound, like do we have to do this way? There's a right way and a wrong way and we're going to try to make sure we do it the right way. And that means that that it's something that's very concrete. And people on the team might notice that. It's everybody's job to notice what's concrete in terms of right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But then there's those things that get real fuzzy, the things that we'll call preferences. There are some things that are just a matter of preference. We could do it this way or we could do it that way. And either way could work. Who's going to make the call about which way we're going to do it? And how are we going to make that call? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the the wonky part of collaboration comes in, because some leaders will be the kind of leaders that go, we could do it this way, or we could do it that way, but I'm the leader, so we're doing it this way. And then you have the other leaders who walk in and go, we could do it either one of these way, guys, either one of these ways, guys, let's talk, give me feedback, what do y'all want to do? Mm-hmm. And that runs into problems too, because if you have a lot of heads at work, and especially strong heads like teachers... <laughs> then it's, you've got to, you know, you run into problems. But anyway, I don't know, am I sidetracking what your big question is or? Yeah, because I wasn't really thinking about being a leader in it. I was thinking about when I'm working with people and I feel them being resistant to an idea or to a change that's occurring. Well, what it's, I guess I'm not sidetracking it then because what I'm saying is you got to establish that stuff up front and know where you stand in that mess of stuff before you can start trying to do the nuance thing of changing somebody's mind. I don't, I don't think you can just walk in a room. It's like, why the hell do I have to listen to you? You know? And I feel yeah, like, yeah, but what if it's just your collaborator? Like I'm like, there's not always a 
hierarchy and collab like that. I, I think mean, there's a silent version of it. This is my opinion. I don't mm -hmm. know. There's probably versions where it doesn't, but I think there's like, I'll give you an example. If I come to you with a movie idea and it's just you and we start down the path of creating this movie together. If I was the one who came to you with the idea, there could come a time where I'm like, no, I don't want to go that direction. Now what is that? Do we go my my way or we, do we go your way? Mm -hmm. And I would say that if it was my idea, then I probably will want to go my way, even if your way could work. Mm -hmm. And that that would maybe make for a tough conversation for a minute. But if you, I would like to also say that if I were on the other end and you came to me with an idea, that I would try to guide and help you achieve what you want to achieve rather than impose my will on your idea. And I think there's a big difference about being a good collaborator in terms of knowing where you stand with the other person or the people. Because I think if, if I'm sitting there in the room and I go, well, this wasn't my, I didn't create this. This is not my thing. I'm interested in it and I want to be a part of it, but I want to help the person. If I respect you as the creator, I want to help you get done what you want to get done in the best way possible. Okay. So you said something there too. Uh, you have to understand, I think a big part is your goal and your purpose, right? So it could be where the goal is like really explicit. Like, again, I'm going to keep using this example, but like you get hired, you get commissioned to do an art piece. Like the goal is really specific there, yeah. right? But then there's times where maybe it's just an ongoing growth about something. Like, I just want to learn more about flying drones. I don't know. I'm going to use yeah. that as an example. Yeah. And so that's just a general, I'm going to do this ongoing and I'm not, I don't necessarily have a commission art piece that a, I'm going to use this drone footage for, but I want to get better at it because eventually I'm going to want to apply it to something, mm -hmm. right? And so what if along the way you say that you want to get better at drone footage, but then you're like doing things, I notice you doing things that aren't going to help you grow. Like you just fly at the same path every single time. Yeah. You get the same kind of footage every single time. Yeah. And like, to me, I think the part where I'm struggling with is that at some point it's on me if I'm your collaborator and you've told me you want to get better that I have to say to you, do you really think you're getting better or like, are you growing? Without offending the person. Without offending or, you. Or are you the kind of person that's like, no, I, I've already set the precedence. I'm not afraid to offend you. And you can just tell me to piss off whenever you want to tell me well, to piss yeah, off. Well, yeah. And I think you got to figure out which person yeah. you are and or who the receiver is. Like, could they handle the way that you say that? But it's on me if I'm your, your support, your collaborator to go to notice, huh, he said he wants to get better at flying drones, but he's not well, then, really learning well, anything new. Then we have to define what better is, because in all honesty, there's pro is probably a great deal of drone pilots out there who do the same shot over and over. And that's what pays the money. That's really what gets them paid is they're the best at that one shot. Are they going to be the person that comes in and flies around all the trees and through your house and does all these crazy obstacles? No, that's not the guy you need to hire. You need to hire somebody who specializes in obstacles if so, that's what you want. Yeah, so that is a good point. It's like, I go back to it again. Understand your goal and your purpose, right? Yeah. And so once that's agreed upon, now I can help you be held accountable to it, right? Like yeah. if we make a general statement of, I want to get better at my drone, 
and and specificity is good too. What mm. you just said of like, I just want to get really good at aerial footage from the ground up. Like yeah, putting transition the, shots that yeah, will be used in all. commercials and then, movies. Okay, then I'm never going to comment on that. If that's all you're doing, that's all you care to get better yeah. at. But if you tell me that you, I need do you to m- chase my kid around the house with this thing and and be able to not hit anything or crash. Then you got a di- you need different skill, right? And so that's that. I think so. Two things there. You said setting up agreements and then also understanding your goal and your purpose, right? I think a lot of the dialogue that comes in that I've tried to improve on is any time that I am noticing resistance, even with you, like me and you, right? We're married. We're husband and wife. 18 years almost. (laughs) And I, I have to try to catch myself because I try to phrase, I need to ask a question before I just make a blanket statement to you about what you need to do or what you don't need to do. Oh yeah. I hate like, and there's, and you got to know the audience, the person you're talking to, like if, if a person, and you talk about resistance, like every, most people, not everybody, I won't say everybody, but most people have some trigger word or warning for a resist that, that sends them into a mode of well, resistance. Like even this morning, if you say I need to do something, I look at you and go, I don't need to do shit. <laughs> well, this morning, right, we were talking about putting up another shelf for records. Yeah. And I I will admit right now, I didn't follow what I'm saying. I didn't ask you any questions. I just said, no, we don't need to put it there. It's going to clutter it up. But and what you needed me to do, too, was you said, no, just hear me out for yeah, a second. Yeah. And so I think it turns out better whenever there's any kind of resistance or conflict or or compromise involved that you need to ask a question and you got to listen. The, that's the you first You got to listen to understand what the other person is thinking. Like maybe there is some there's something maybe that I didn't know or I was missing or, you know. Well, then there's, okay. So if you don't, if you're not willing to at least listen, then that just means you're not open to changing anything. Yeah. Now, if I listened to everything you said and I still want to do it my way, at least I did listen to you. And maybe I just am one of those, and I am I'm speaking from a personal standpoint. A lot of times if I am headstrong, I either don't care what we're doing at all mm-hmm. and I'll try my best to help you do whatever it is you want to do. Or I care absolutely about what we're doing. Uh, there's really not a like I'm a half. I don't really half facet as far as that goes. If I if I, if I care, I got a vision already, and you're probably not going to be able to ch- change my mind very easily. Or I don't care at all. I'm totally pliable, and I'll walk in the door and be like, try to fi- figure out whatever it is. How if my goal is just how best can I help Denise? You know, well. In that case, you got to figure out the person you're working with, working with, if, if, you know, where they stand on this project, are they, the, are they in the position right now where they're very close to it or are they in a position where they're flexible? And I, th- I think when you say, if you're, let's just say resistance usually comes from somebody who's close to something yeah, usually. And so then what you said first there is if it, if they'll at least listen. So this sounds like a whole Chris Voss episode of mm. like the negotiate, how to negotiate. Right. But um, great book, great speaker on that, by the way, for those of you that are interested. But I think that if you can get that person to just listen to you, then now you start to build a little bit of trust. And it's you're not saying they have to listen because they have to change. You're just saying, just give me a chance. If you don't like it, tell me to piss off. Yeah. And you're saying it from, from your perspective. So I think I was saying from my perspective, I have to learn to listen better. Like, uh, uh, okay. If I'm going to ask a question... Or like if I know that I want you to think about something differently, I need to ask you a question to understand where you are. Yeah. And then 
maybe ask another question to understand what's causing you to not want to change, right? To not want to change yeah. your your Oh, so you're actually saying if you're trying to change someone and they're giving you resistance that maybe first step 1 shouldn't be to ask them to listen to you, but rather no. you listen to them first yes. and then build some trust and then let them listen to you yes. next. But that's what you were just describing. Yeah, you were just it is. describing yeah, it. In the reverse order. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like everything that we right, do in life right, is right. reverse. <laughs> it's opposite. So yeah. I think there's one other piece of, of influencing change, right? That comes into play. And that's also considering what the different stages of change look like. Yeah. So like if I'm trying to help you become a better drone pilot, pilot. then you got to know what, what kind <laughs> then of, then I got to know that you might crash along the way. You might, you, it well, might you take also got to know what I want to get better at. I got to know. Well, that's already established, yeah, right? Okay. We've already established what the goal is and what the purpose is of you changing. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I got to understand that you're not just going to go from zero to a hundred. Yep. Right. There's going to be little progress along the way. And so even even though I'm talking to somebody and I'm thinking about it more in the informal sense, right, not the commission piece mm -hmm. of art you're working. I'm thinking about general things that um, maybe I'm still going to going to encounter resistance from you. You are. I'm, OK, so I'm in anything, everything. So I'm going right? to encounter resistance from you, but that resistance might might will lessen the more you have time to do small changes along the way. Well, and I think that in your position, what you just said, okay, you, and I think the, the way to, to look at it is to embrace, like, you, what did you say? Embrace the pause with like, with the virtual meetings, because there yeah. are always, always that uncomfortable pause yeah. because of the technology. Well, that pause is also there in growth. Yeah. There's a dead space where like I'll use, and we're jumping around on these metaphors, but, but guitar, for instance, mm -hmm. you learn three chords on a guitar and I've been stuck on the same seven for about the last decade. <laughs> I've been stuck on the same key of C. Right. So I could I can play seven chords on a guitar. They're all major chords. You ask me to do anything outside of that and I'm probably going to struggle and I won't be able to do it unless I have a bunch of time. But number one, I haven't really wanted to go past that seven because I can play a bunch of different stuff with those seven. Yeah. Now, if your job is to get me to move past those seven, you're probably going to have to give me some time to play with those seven and really start to like just level off, you know, or plateau. And then when you see the plateau go for long enough, then you can maybe drop one of your little uh, seeds in the in the bucket and see if that, you know, starts to grow some some uh, legs, you know. And I there's a that's a tricky question to ask. A great question. But I think that people who are good at it are really special in terms of doing the job you're doing. And obviously, you you know how to do it to some degree. Well, the fact that you're even thinking about it. It's it's a constant reflection. Like I think gr change and growth comes from reflecting. So the key is how can you give somebody the opportunity to make the reflections on their own without you? It's just like raising a kid. Like everybody always says, like, you can't just tell them they have to experience, they have to fall. They have to burn their hands yeah. so that they don't want to do it again. Well, sometimes, okay. And this is always leading into exactly what I was thinking too, is that you also have to consider not just the subject and what their knowledge is and what they want to accomplish, but sometimes you have to consider the maturity level. If you're talking about a kid, I do think that sometimes you just have to tell them. 
Yeah. You ain't doing this. Sorry. Or you are going to do that. And that that is one of those things that they're going to have to suffer through because that's part of being a kid. And as an adult, you can't just as much as I love the idea of letting letting them do anything they want to experiment and see, you know, stick your hand in that fire. See how many times you do that. Now, I love that mentality. But there are times when that doesn't work. Now, in your space, you're working with adults. You're not working. You're working with teachers <laughs> who already know everything. Well, you know? and you have to be sensitive about when, how much change you're pushing. Like it has to be at a speed that that, and everybody's different. But it has to be at a speed that you see they're comfortable. They can sit in the pause, embrace the pause. Right? They can sit in that pause for a little bit, do their own reflecting, do their own conclusions, and then you come back in. And then you help them think about it further, right? Well, I think you were the one that first told me this about the classroom. Like, you know, if you're going to, you know, drop a question on the kids that is supposed to lead to some nugget of knowledge, if you're going to drop that question, you got to wait. What you said, sit and at least count to 10, right? At least. Yeah. And I mean, I, and I will say this from doing it in the classroom, I remember not giving my kids enough time to like, process what I just asked. Yeah. And it's like timing out a joke. If you tell the, yeah. the end of the joke at the beginning, it's not funny. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then coming up with the response, like there's no way they're going to rattle it off, you know? And so I had to get used to, I do it better now than I ever did in a classroom, but just asking a question and sitting in silence for a little bit to let people process it, you know? Well, and that, and you know, what's funny is that's, that's a, I think a great thing and a great tool for anybody in a position where you're supposed to be kind of nudging or changing minds. Uh, and I call it nudging because I think that's kind of how you have to do it. I don't mm-hmm. think you're just going to outright change somebody's mind, but, uh, but when the other part about the person being the sort of in the position where they're trying to plant a seed, another thing about adults is that they're sharp a lot of times and they know when you're trying to plant a seed and then if you get silent they know you're trying to impose some thought on them and a lot of people are resistant to that you know and so there's a trick to that too and i don't know well and if you're like what are you trying to do you trying to freaking miyagi me or something what do you you know (laughs) well if you're the person that is trying to encourage change like if you're you're you you run into resistance from somebody and you're trying to encourage change I had to think about it too, uh, about it's actually better if somebody, if I asked them a question to consider or I presented them with an idea for a change and they come back at me and they're like, that is stupid. I wouldn't do that because blah, blah, blah. Actually, to me, that's a more engaged thought process than somebody that was silent and never said a word to me because at least that person's thinking about it and they're saying no, that wouldn't work for me. Now we've entered into a dialogue. Whereas the other person, if they just are like, I'm not even going to respond to that. I'm just going to let it go. Never bring it up again because it'll just go away. You know, like I'd rather start from a place of resistance than nothing because now I have a place to go from. Well, yeah, that's when you know you're getting somewhere is if you start to argue a little bit that means that nobody's just scraping anything under the rug. That means that nobody's just going to let this pass and do nothing about it. Well, and then you can start to ask questions like why? So, why embra- is so this- embrace the resistance is in there somewhere, yeah. right? You have to maybe embrace the re- resistance first. and then Or the, acknowledge it. Or yeah. acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 
and then really truly listen to the other person's way of thinking. Yeah. And then from there, just be honest if you agree or don't agree. I mean, I, I think I don't. I think if, if you hit the point where you just go, you know, I hear what you're saying. I get it. That's possible. It definitely is possible. I don't want to do it that way. Yeah. You know, that's and that that's means we're not. That means we're not splitting the difference. We're just yeah. gonna have to call it. You know, agree to disagree. That's where that I guess comes from. And that's a whole different conversation now that you're talking about. When yeah, now that so. now you get into compromise, but we're just talking yeah. about. Which I don't like to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, okay, I have my top three, I think. Uh, you do? Okay, good. All right, okay. go for it. So if I go back and look at the notes I took, I think if you're talking and working with people who are resistant to change, I think the first thing is somehow, some way, try to set up, try to create like trust between you and the other person. And that trust might come from just saying, hey, um, I want to help you blah, or I'm going to, so I'm going to support you blah in this way. But, uh, that might require me. I might ask you questions. I might, I might like somehow you want to be clear with how you're going to interact with each other. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I think that's the first one. Set up an agreement, right? Uh -huh. With how you're going to engage with each other. Uh, I think the second thing is, be really clear with your goal and purpose. Like, what is it you want to accomplish and why? And don't deviate from that because then you get off on tangents and then you're arguing about minutiae and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Correct. Like, keep the, keep the goal in mind, keep the purpose in mind, mm -hmm. right? And ensure that if you're asking questions about changing, it should all be in alignment with because it's going to support the goal, mm -hmm. right? And then I think the third most important thing is uh, more about having dialogue by asking questions and then listening, like authentically listening to the other person to learn, not to just wait your turn to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when you have, when you're so headstrong about a particular subject, it's hard not to wait your turn to talk. And and that's going to happen. I, f I catch myself doing it all the time. That's whenever, as soon as I think I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh shit, let me listen for a second. And that actually helps is just the interruption process of like interrupting your own mind. Hey, there's a person talking. Shut up. And even though it's not coming out of your mouth, that brain of yours is just clicking along, you know. Um, but that's natural. I think I don't really I don't want to repeat your top three, but I do want to extend on it a little bit. I think that the listening thing is the key to that trust piece. If you believe that I'm listening to you and you believe that I that I not just heard you, but also understand your perspective, then you trust me. I, I I don't care. You'd have to show me an example of somebody in the world who doesn't respond to a person who listens to him. I think anytime we're listened to and feel like we're understood, we automatically feel drawn to that other person. So that is huge. And I think one of the things that uh, they say to do is to, and it's not, I, I hate it because it feels like a trick, but it actually is true about mirroring the other person. Yeah. And it keeps you from getting in your own head. It's really not for me to trick you into thinking or to trust me. It's really for, to keep my mind from wandering off. If I hear the last three words of what you said, then I just repeat those three words back to you to let you know I'm still with you and I'm not retreated into my brain. And I think that's a big one. Um, and then just finding a grounded and humble way of responding. Even if you disagree, that's a freaking hard one. At least it is for me. Yeah. When I hard. really disagree, I'm less humble. When I'm, when I'm open, 
I'm probably as humble as anybody you'll ever meet. You know, I'm not going to talk to you in a way that that makes me makes you think that I think I'm better than you. You know, but if I'm on my high horse, as they say, and I really believe what I'm saying, then yeah, there's a chance I'll be condescending, and that's so, not humble. You know, not aggressive, not, not a, yeah, right, right, condescending, right, but more. Um, balanced right like and, and, even and, yeah and know? just from a personal standpoint i know i'm i'm either awesome at that or i'm the worst in the world i'm well, really you're extreme i think we're establishing yeah. you're always on one end of the spectrum or yeah. the other and it usually helps whenever i'm coming to something into it if we're if we're having a uh, moment of that trying to whatever meeting of the minds to try to change something i'm i'm much better as a collaborator whenever my quote unquote baby's not at stake. You know, mm -hmm. if it's my creative baby that's at stake, I will go to war, you know, and that's. Well, and I think that's why the agreements are so huge because from before you begin the conversation about whatever it is, it has to be, hey, look, I know you told me that the that you wanted to do this and all of my feedback or all of my questions are going to be focused on helping you think about that. Yeah. You know, like it should always be the first part yeah. of the conversation is the goal and what your what your yeah. agreements are on how you're going to interact with each other. Well, and maybe the biggest things then starts with analyzing yourself or trying to be honest about what you are and what you're not. If I'm talking about from my perspective, I know I'm not awesome at being humble and uh, open and pliable if my head is already bent really hard on some idea. So I either, if I'm in that meeting, I got to either t take a step back and totally let you do all the talking because I already know what I think. But, and that way, at least I'm giving you a chance to sway me in some way and being open. Uh, but on the other hand, if I walk into a scenario and I'm not hell-bent on anything, then I can just sit and really focus on helping you get to where you want to be. Yeah. And if I can do that, then I'm the best collaborator you've got. You well, know? that's the thing too, is always kind of trying to remove your own... It's hard because you want to have your own needs or own goals met, but sometimes it requires you to just like the thing that is uh, that has been hard is whenever people want to like friends or family just want to come tell you about something. Yeah. And you don't always have to give advice. No. Yeah. You don't. Sometimes you just need to learn to bite your freaking tongue yeah. and listen. And then maybe all they need is, I'm sorry that's happening to you. Yeah. Or like that sucks. Maybe that's all they wanted you to say was that sucks. Yeah. So sometimes it, you got to remove They're looking yourself to find out a of wavelength, it. a frequency. There, I mean, when you usually when you go to a vent, it's like you're just looking for a frequency that matches so you can get that out of your head. Yeah. And now you get onto a frequency with somebody that it works with. They don't have to say anything. Just listen, you know. No judgment. Too. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. All right. All well, right. If uh, this is one of those episodes where there are no like, well, most of ours don't have a right answer, do they? But and I, don't I would think say any that of ours if have you a right email answer. and have any thoughts on this send them because this is the ongoing battle of life it seems like yep all right all right hold it books. down h-town hold it down h-town